Hi, thank you for joining us uh, today at Southridge. My name's Tim. Uh, and what you're going to see this summer, uh, is, like most summers, is that a few of us uh, come in and we take over some of the messages uh, for Jeff as he is really involved with uh, Summer at the Ridge, uh, which is our camp that we host here all along, uh, all, all summer long with uh, with a number of kids that are here. Uh, so that, that gives a good bit of his attention, as well as some other things that, he, that he's doing throughout the summertime. So we're going to continue on with the uh, series that he started last week. Uh, the series is called Solomon Says. And last week, Jeff opened up the series noting that the, the wisdom of Solomon far surpassed the wisdom of uh, people like Wilson from Home Improvement. For those of you that remember that television show, uh, Wilson was uh, the sage old guy on the show that always provided uh, Tim the, uh, the advice that he needed for problems that he was dealing with. Uh, but, but Jeff also noted that his wisdom surpassed people that we're all familiar with today, like Elon Musk and Jordan Peterson. So I'm going to add this week, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Solomon, that he was the son of King David. King David is uh, best known for defeating the Philistines and uh, killing Goliath. Uh, Solomon is also the son of Bathsheba, uh, who was initially the wife of David's good friend Uriah and one of his top warriors. And I'm I'm positive that to understand where some of this wisdom that comes from Solomon uh, comes from. You have to understand David uh, a little bit. Uh, It's good to understand the the constant tension of acting righteously that David had under God's direction, and then David also allowing for uh, sinful and righteous acts to occur around him. Solomon also built the uh, first temple in Jerusalem, dedicating the temple to God, and this is the site of the temple is considered to be one of the whole, most holiest places in the uh, in the world. It's significant to Jews, it's significant to Christians, and it's significant to Muslims. So over these three weeks, we're going to look at what Solomon uh, said in, in his collection of writings, which were written for his son. This collection of writings is called Proverbs, and it's in the Hebrew Bible, or for us uh, uh, Christians, the Old Testament. Um I tell people that are new to Christianity, uh, once they kind of get an understanding of the of the gospel, uh, another good place to start is, is looking at Proverbs, because there's so much wisdom inside of Proverbs. So think of it like a collection of wise tweets from one person. For Solomon's son, it was a solicitation or a collection of his dad's advice on ways that he could get life right. And Solomon's wisdom came from God. In fact, it was something he prayed as the newly crowned king of Israel, that God's people. So we opened up last week learning how he became wise. So let's take another look at that again. And this is coming out of First uh, Kings 3, 5 through 13. So it gave me and the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. So put yourself in those shoes. And if God came to you and said, ask for anything you want me to give to you, what would you ask for? Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father, David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. So obviously Solomon wasn't a child, but what he was saying was, is I don't feel up to uh, doing this job right now, and I don't feel like I have the wisdom that it's going to take to carry out and uh, be the king. 
So your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So one of the qualities we typically don't associate with smart, brilliant people is humility, right? So we're seeing this humility with him. And although he had flaws, Solomon showed humility before God. And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. That's a pretty emphatic statement coming straight from God. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. So Solomon would end up being the wisest, probably flawed person who would ever live. And we know that his wisdom came from God. And and because his wisdom came from God, it's important to remember that God's words are timeless. So what Solomon wrote... And back then is helpful to us today. So today we're going to take a look at the connection between strife and pride. In her book, The 19th Hole, Carol Mann records what Arnold Palmer told her. It was the final hole of the 1961 Masters Tournament, and I had a one-stroke lead and had just hit a very satisfying tee shot. I felt I was in pretty good shape. As I approached my ball, I saw an old friend standing at the edge of the gallery. He motioned me over, stuck out his hand and said, congratulations. I took his hand and shook it, but as soon as I did, I knew I had lost my focus. On my next two shots, I hit the ball into a sand trap, then put it over the edge of the green. I missed a putt, and I lost the Masters. Arnold's story reminds us that there's something about us that everyone sees except for themselves, and that's pride. Pride isn't just arrogance or self-righteousness. We often think pride is bragging. It's actually much more than that. Pride is also a lack of self-awareness. This is why pride is so dangerous to us and those in our circle of influence. The best evidence that we have of pride in ourselves, in our lives, is that we just don't know that it exists because we all have it. We all have a pride problem because we are human beings. Sin has been passed down through every generation into every single one of us. So we're going to see that pride leads to strife. And we're looking at Proverbs 13.10. We're going to look at the first half of the verse first. So where there is strife, there is pride. So I want you to notice something about that and how that is structured. So notice that the verse doesn't say where there is pride there is strife. It's important to understand this difference because what Solomon is letting us know is that he's talking about a pride that is distorted because of a corrupt sense of self-worth. The type of pride where we think we're owed something, owed a higher status. He's referring to a pride that is similar to hubris. Solomon isn't talking about a sense of pride that contains humility. Strife is unhealthy Or mismanaged conflict. Conflict isn't a bad thing necessarily if it's done well. 
if conflict is healthy and well-managed, it can produce healing and it can produce growth. Strife is sideways energy. It's unnecessary friction. Unnecessary friction. So there's two word pictures of pride as it produces strife in our lives. One of the three Hebrew words for pride is nazid, which means to boil. So pride slowly builds to strife as we're not aware of how something is affecting our heart and affecting our minds. So think of it this way. Strife is the cough and pride is the virus. With the same analogy, we can affect other people with our pride as strife is relational. Pride leads to people problems. Imagine an issue you're dealing with your child or argument that you're having with a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Perhaps you can imagine a frustration in a friendship, a tension at work, an annoyance at your boss. In these situations, if you were to take pride out of the picture, is the problem still there? In fact, walking around with our pride problem, it is like walking around into a crowd of people with a virus. Even though it looks different to all of us, we all do this to some extent. The people around you could probably tell you accurately what your pride problem tends to look like because they've been affected by it. I know that the people that are closest to me in my life can very easily tell me when my pride is getting in the way. It happens to every single one of us. And again, the people closest to you also can tell a little bit about what your, what your patented signature trademark signals are of what pride looks like because they've all been affected by it. So pride also leads to personal problems. We shoot ourselves in the foot more than we can possibly imagine. If you or someone you know is dealing with frustration, insecurity, confusion, they're probably suffering from an undiagnosed pride disorder, right? That's what it tends to show up as, insecurity. Think of any insecurity we deal with as humans. Take pride out of the equation, and I don't know that the insecurity is still there. So tell me if you relate to this. I continue to have this ongoing fight in my life. Why I'm an adult trying to be a good spouse, trying to be an effective boss, still struggling with a pride problem. Much of our tension and frustration is preventable, but pride blocks, the, blocks any progress, and it blocks our own personal progress. So here's a, here's a nice story leading into the last half of the, of, the, uh, of the verse. A turtle once wanted to spend a little bit of winter in Florida, but he knew he could never walk that far. He convinced a couple of geese to help him. Each took one piece end of a rope, while he clamped his vice-locked jaws in the center. The flight was going fine until someone on the ground looked up in admiration and asked who in the world thought of that. Unable to resist the chance to take the credit, the turtle opened his mouth to shout, I did. You and I probably do more damage to our spiritual life than anyone else around us. Yet in our pride, we will try to blame someone else for our faults and take credit for all the successes. So let's pivot to the second part of the verse. Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. So the word for wisdom is chokmah, which means skill. 
For some Hebrew references, this is related to do with skill and war. In this context, it's having skill and a self-awareness and in relationships. Solomon says that this will help us get dating, marriage, parenting, and business right. Solomon says our pride leaks into every aspect of our life, and the way to stop it is to seek advice. This is 100% within our control getting it right. This act that will force pride to quiet down in us. So if you're taking advice, it means that you're teachable. If you are taking advice, there's curiosity. So Solomon says that one path leads to strife and one path leads to wisdom. Solomon's making a contrast. He's defining pride by contrasting it with curiosity. It's just the antithesis of curiosity. Pride is an incurious, unteachable, and unaware. So perhaps you've heard this said or you've thought like this. I think so highly of myself that I don't need any help or any advice. Oh, I've got this. I've got it all figured out on my own. This could be a pretty extreme definition of pride, yet it tends to pop up in little, almost undetectable areas of our life. And it's also subconscious. It just pops up in little areas where we tend to act self-sufficient. I know that's how it happens with me, because I like being a self-sufficient person. So self-sufficiency leads to deeper self-sufficiency. And before we know it, we don't see how pride is leading to strife. So perhaps it's not an extreme definition of pride. We need to make the subconscious conscious. We need to be aware because pride leads to strife with others and ourselves. Self-awareness and finding curiosity for, for, for advice actually works. So this is an area that as I've gotten older, I have become much more comfortable with being somebody who is reaching out, asking for advice, and understanding that I don't know everything. So we've all worked for, you've seen a leader who missed factors, they missed people because they cared more about the bottom line than the people are supposed to be caring for. We also have worked for a leader or seen a leader care about other people more than themselves. And you tend to like the one that cares more about others than themselves. We all have an older relative or know an older person who should be wise at their age, but do they realize how abrasive they are? We also have an older relative or know an older person who we want to ask them questions and hear their stories. We all who have a friend who we love, but do they realize how hard they are to be around sometimes? I know I'm, I'm that way sometimes. So how do we become aware of what our own personal trademark signature brand of pride looks like? If we don't know how, if we don't know how, how do we do now? How do we know? So the path to wisdom is filled with wise people. So in other words, you want to surround yourself with people that you know are wise. Wise people are like mirrors as they give us a much clearer picture of ourselves. Oftentimes you might hear them be talked about as mentors or coaches. So we need to be humble. We need to be curious enough to realize we don't have the full picture. We need a wise person to give us a clear picture of ourselves and sometimes it's uncomfortably clear. And if you've got pride in your life, getting uncomfortable is really hard sometimes. We don't have the full picture because we're only as wise as our experiences have allowed us to be. We need to borrow those wise experiences of other people 
because we're only as wise as our experiences allow us to be. So the biggest blind spot is thinking that we don't have a blind spot. And our, th- our, our pride ends up thriving in a vacuum or an echo chamber. Our self-sufficiency compounds our pride problem. So we need wise people who are speaking truth and into us. On this side of eternity, we're never going to fully overcome this pride problem. It's just not going to happen. This is a lifelong fight that requires us to see our need for the Holy Spirit's power in our day-to-day lives. Notice what Paul wrote in Galatians 5:16 through 17 So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Curiosity really is something to be cultivated in our lives. Trust me, as somebody who's starting to get up there in his age. As adults, we have had to learn how to be self-sufficient. We're good at being self-sufficient, yet we need to learn to have, have curiosity. It's the one thing that I talk about on a daily basis. Every single day I'm going out and I am now looking for something new to learn. Be more curious. So our, so our lack of curiosity, our self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency can sometimes cause bad habits. And Solomon says, curiosity weakens our pride. So as we close this message up and you, you go into this upcoming week, want you all to ask a couple questions. Number one, why is it hard to seek advice? And number two, who in your life is filled with wisdom that you need to talk with? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for Solomon's words of wisdom. I pray that any one of us who is struggling with pride in their life, which is creating strife be open to the advice of others, especially those closest to them. I ask that you soften our hearts and be open to those who are trying to help us understand where pride is causing a stumbling block for us. I ask that those who recognize where pride is hurting someone, that they are given the courage to have a discussion with gentleness. In your name I pray. Amen.